welcome to another episode of the How Long To Fit podcast. I'm your host, Paula, joined as always by Josh slash Avatage. What's up, everybody? And this is totally not, not the second time we're doing this, but today's topic <laughs> is um, how much time do you spend to get good at video games? Very fitting for today's episode, after that little thunder at the start. Um, so, uh, as always, we'll be talking about beating, retired, and playing, uh, tackle the topic, and finally, uh, play around uh, of Guess the Game, where the aim of the game is to guess the game, and Avatar just going to please me at the end there. So, <laughs> I'm kind of nervous about that. But first of all... What have you beaten recently? There's actually one that I know there. One name that I know yes. there. Well, the first one I know you have beaten because I it told me on Steam. Um, <laughs> called mm. When the Past Was Around. And interestingly, I played this on Game Pass because I saw it was on Game Pass and then realized that I actually had it on Steam anyway. So whatever. Um, Beautiful. <laughs> I kind of wish I had played it on PC because I ended up playing it on my Xbox. But uh, the navigation in the game is done via a cursor, and I really don't like using a gamepad to control a cursor. So that was a downside, and I was kind of like, oh, man, I wish I'd played this on PC, and then realized I already had it on PC, and I'm like, oh, I really should have played it on PC. <laughs> but yeah, other than that. Yeah, that's one that I'd, you should probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it was quite a short game, which is why I played it anyway, because I saw that it wasn't very long. And um, it was just a nice kind of story narrative game with some cool art. Uh, for anyone who hasn't played it, it's basically a point-and-click uh, yeah, story-heavy game that tells the story of two people falling in love and living their life and then what happens. And, you know, not going to spoil anything, but that's how it, how it kind of goes. Uh, it's a very slice-of-life kind of thing. You feel like it could be perhaps the kind of story that the developer is uh, familiar with. It might be a personal story of their own um, because I love games like this that you can tell the developers like just telling a story that means a lot to them, but they're using a video game to make it happen. Um, so basically the the gameplay is essentially you, you you go through a series of scenes where you need to uh, explore the screen for things to click on and collect and then use together to maybe you want to clean up the house a bit or hang out your washing or <laughs> stuff like that. But it's not as boring as that sounds. Um, it's definitely more interesting than that. And there's more to it. I just really don't want to give away the story because that's kind of 90% of the game. Um, but there are some good, uh, there's some good relationships between what you're doing in the game and the actual story itself because there's kind of a, a music theme that goes throughout because the characters both play musical instruments. Um, so some of the puzzles are music-based where you have to um, figure out a combination of musical notes and that sort of thing. Uh, and, yeah, it's it's a very easy recommend if you like story games, like story-heavy games like this, because it's kind of much like other ones that I've played. Uh, more recently, I played another one called... Um, Florence, which it reminded me of, and I really enjoyed that one. That brain's a little tiny, intense. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, because um, I was about to say that it was kind of like in the same vein of Florence, but with more uh, active gameplay in a way. Yes. And yeah. the vibe is a little bit different because of the color palette. Absolutely, yeah. And there's um yeah, there's definitely a lot more like like you say, like active gameplay in uh when the past was around than perhaps some other ones. Um mm-hmm. but it's still got that kind of heavy story uh, element of you kind of, you know, you get sucked into these characters and, and their lives and how it turns out and all that kind of thing, and you may or may not find yourself emotionally damaged but um <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> but yeah when the pass was around was good i if you are it's an easy recommend on game pass like anything on game pass really i guess if you've got it but um i don't yeah. actually know how i ended up with it in my steam library i don't know if i got it from a humble choice or something perhaps but i think it was probably in some bad bundle or no no HIL bundle in a humble bundle Bundle's choice yeah. or something like that because I saw it a couple of times there. Yeah, that would make sense. Like typically, I, I even though there's a lot of games in my Steam library, I tend to know what's in there roughly, and I was surprised that I found this in there because otherwise I would have just played it on Steam. But yeah, anyway, that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> it's a good game if you like narrative games. It's definitely one to play. Uh, and yeah, similarly. Like my other game that I finished this week, because I play it start and finish both of these games because they're both relatively short. Uh, I played a game called Iris Fall, and this is another kind of. Again, it feels like the dev is trying to tell a story that's very personal to them, and perhaps very uh, niche and unique um, in their own little way. And I really enjoyed this one because it's well. It's, te- it's what you'd call a surreal puzzle game. And <laughs> it follows the story of a girl called Iris who at the mm-hmm. beginning of the story wakes up from a nightmare and basically runs down the street following a black cat into a rundown theatre, which is a nice mm-hmm. kind of setup for a game anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you play the game as Iris navigating your way through this rundown theatre into different rooms and different um, areas and stuff. And there's basically a, sequ- a, a set of puzzles that you have to solve to get through each level and to basically follow this black cat um, through the environment and through each level of the theater in order to then get to the conclusion, which of course not going to, not going to spoil. Um, but it's very puzzle heavy. This one's very much a puzzle game first and more than anything. Um, and it is very surreal. Like one of the levels you're looking at an open book, which looks like a pop-up book and popping up out of the book are like a whole bunch of stairs going in different ways, like an MC Escher kind of painting or drawing, if you know that kind of stuff. And you can change pages of the book to pop up different stairs configurations. It reminded me a little bit of kind of monument Valley in a way. Um, as in it's that kind of unrealistic architecture and you've got to kind of move to one spot to then ch- turn the page and go through a portal to get to the correct spot on the next page and all that kind of thing. Um, but the other thing that they use a lot of in the puzzle solving is there's a mechanic where you can shift between uh, walking around in a 3D environment 
to a 2D plane of shadows. So it reminded me a bit of the game Contrast, if anyone's played that, but that was much more action kind of heavy. It kind of reminds me of, um, what's the name of this game? Uh, Little Shade of Me, I think it was called. Okay, I don't know that one. Are you, uh, uh, that one you kind of like control a girl, you know, I don't remember if, if it was like sex scrolling or if it was, uh, no, it was on 3D space, and mm-hmm. you use her shadow to move around in the walls and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Well, and, and this one is very much like, uh, well, you, a puzzle might, for example, it's not exactly this, but to explain it, um, you might be in a room and there's a whole lot of uh, objects and platforms and things that in the 3D space you can move around including lights and that sort of stuff to cast shadows on the wall Mm -hmm. in the background. And then once you've kind of configured it appropriately, you might want to shift into the shadow of yourself, which then you have to navigate over the shadows that you've cast onto the background. So you kind of try and make yourself a path with all the objects you've got and then walk over the shadows that they cast uh, in order to progress and solve the puzzle. So it's a good kind of, bit of a brain scratcher in that way. Like some of them were, took a little bit of thought to complete. They weren't immediate, uh, easy peasy solutions, which was nice. Um, but yeah, it was a very satisfying, uh, puzzle game because I did feel like I was a little bit smart by the time I finished, which is always a plus <laughs> with a puzzle game. <laughs> Cause I spend so many, so much time feeling rather dumb. Uh, <laughs> so that happens more than I would like. <laughs> I think we're all oh, familiar okay. with that um, that feeling. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was Iris Fall. Again, it's quite short. Um, it's on Game Pass again. And yeah, it's a good, if it sounds like the kind of game you enjoy, it's well made and it's well put together. The art's really nice. The soundtrack's nice. Um, it's got a very kind of black and white, uh, hand-drawn kind of drawing aesthetic to the art where even your character, who is a 3D model, but you look like you're a, a paper doll most of the time anyway, uh, but you're just in like a 3D kind of configuration. And I really liked it. I thought it was good. I am definitely adding that to the wish list. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, it's, 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 if you're into those sorts of games, it's definitely definitely one to have a go at. Um, much like a lot of those games, though, which are just kind of short stories, Everyone's mileage, I think, will vary based on uh, how much value they put into that and how much you want to spend on that sort of thing or whatever. Um, yeah. But, you know, I trust that everyone understands their own interests. <laughs> we should probably make a topic about that one day. Mm, might be worth discussing further, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's all I've beaten. I started and beat those this week, which was... I was in the mood to, while playing a bunch of longer games that I've mentioned previous weeks as well, I was in the mood to actually start and finish something. So I looked around on Game Pass for some short short little experiences and, yeah, found those, which was quite the win in my book. But I noticed there's a, a nice retire here waiting on the list for, for Paula, which I'm interested in hearing about because I like the comment that you've added to the 
to the uh, the note that you've put here. Uh, so why don't you tell us about your retirement this week, Paula? <laughs> yes. Um, this one is maybe a little bit controversial because it is actually a good um, fun game. But I had to retire Cut the Rope, uh, which I played on my Android uh, phone. And mm-hmm. the thing about it is that I was feeling kind of nostalgic. So I decided to, because I, I played quite a bit of this game um, when it first came out, maybe. I don't know where, when the hell this game came out, but. It feels like it's one of the like OG games that you'd get on mobile kind of thing. Like it's that old. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, is that I really like the game. Uh, so I decided to play a little bit of it and maybe try to play m- not all the puzzles because there are like way too fucking many puzzles. Uh, but I'll, at the very least, like uh, go down memory lane and, and just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is every two or three puzzles, you get an app. Ugh. And it would take a while to uh, for you to be able to remove the ad. Sometimes it were there were two ads, and they keep shifting around the X or like the skip button, so you accidentally press on it and go to Play Store, Google Play Store, which I actually did twice by accident. Mm. So after 15 or so minutes, I barely play like five minutes of the game. The other 10 were navigating ads. And the only way to it to to remove the ads, it wasn't like a one-time payment because in that case I would happily pay to, uh, for to remove the ads in that case, but yep. it was a subscription like for 10 or so bucks. I hate how they're all doing that these days. Yeah, so in that case, it was like, you know what? Retired. I I actually regretted going back to Cut the Rope because it tainted my happy memories of it. Oh, no. Mainly because of all the advertisement bullshit I had to go through. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so my in, in the meantime, like my boyfriend was laughing at me because of how... Um, I'm happy I was getting with the whole experience, and I was actively like ranting and cursing at the game. Uh, so at least he had fun, or he got something <laughs> out of it. But I didn't. So yeah, um, yeah that sucks. I see you retire a couple of games. Funnily enough, they both start by the letter G. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. One of them, I suspect, is from your um, Game Pass ex- escapades of trying to find something to to play. Uh, kind Tell of. More. I well, I started playing GTA Online again a few weeks ago. I mentioned it. I've mentioned it a couple of weeks running, and yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's I've had played some races and done a few jobs here and there, and you know, enjoyed myself. But also, very much reminded myself why I don't play it anyway. Uh, because there are very large reasons why this has not become my online game of choice, and which is a shame because the game has so much to offer as far as there's so much variety of what you can do, and 
you know, you could just play it like a racing game against your friends. You could do full heists and missions. You can, these days you can run a nightclub and you can deal drugs and you can, uh, you can even go to a, a, uh, club and watch a band play. And <laughs> there's just so much you could do that they've put into this game. And it really is quite an achievement, I think, for Rockstar to uh, uh, have made it what it is. However, I will say that that's about as much praise as I'm willing to give it because nothing comes free. It's all really expensive. To get money takes way too long. Uh, if you want to go and actually, you can go around the city and like steal a car and then pay to kind of make it your car but you can't do that with fancy cars. Oh, no, no, no. You have to go to a car yard to actually buy a fancy car. And those cars cost millions and millions of dollars. And you might be lucky if you make like a hundred grand in a session, let alone five, $10 million to buy like a fancy car to cruise around in. <laughs> um, plus then it costs more money if you wanted to, if you want to get into, say, the nightclub business, you've got to spend like millions of dollars on buying a nightclub. If you want to get into drug running or play that part of the game, you have to kind of get in, pay millions of dollars to get yourself set up for that. And they kind of basically trying to push you to buy money with real money, which, of Ooh. course, I'm not going to do because <laughs> that's ridiculous. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, but yes, they're, they're very happy to try and sell you their shark cards where you can spend like $100 and get $10 million in-game cash. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Thanks. I, uh, <laughs> I already bought the game. <laughs> um, so there's that side to it. But then there's also the relentless kind of cheating and griefing that exists in the game as well from other players. And it very much depends on what lobby you get thrown into. Uh, you can play solo and just kind of play in a private lobby, but that does get boring really quick because it's a multiplayer game. Um, but yeah, last time I played, I was basically just doing my thing on the map and not really disturbing anyone. And I could see in the, uh, you know, like the everyone chat, the lobby chat, there's some one dude and there was basically saying, hey, I can level you up with my cheat engine crap or whatever, and I can give you some money and all this kind of stuff. And was basically calling out everyone saying, Hey, I'll level you up. I'll give you some money. Rah, rah. And anyone who said no, he basically just then trolled for the rest of the uh, session uh, to the point I said no. And so he teleported me somewhere with every single, everyone else on the port on the server and just kind of started flying jets into us, blowing us up over and over again which kind of stun locks you so you can't actually do anything. You, you can't actually exit either. You have to kind of just alt F4 to get out of it. Um, so yeah. I kind of went, yeah. What an I'm, asshole. I don't, I don't need this shit. <laughs> I'm trying to have no, fun. No, definitely not. <laughs> and, but that stuff is uh, – it would be okay if that was like a rare thing, but unfortunately with GTA Online that is very common. When you're playing on public servers, there's, there's always at least one guy who's on there cheating and just making everyone's life horrible. So, yeah, screw that. Uninstalled very happily. <laughs> Got other things I can play. See you later. <laughs> uh, 
So I retired that quote unquote, even though I just kind of picked it up, but then stopped playing again. Um, similarly, I've been playing Grid Legends, which is a racing game in the old, uh, well, in the Grid series, which is tied to the Dirt series and the old Colin McRae series. Um, but the Grid series, for anyone who doesn't know, are basically the uh, street circuit racing version of those games where the dirt series are like rally and off-road um, grid is street circuit. So bitumen and tarmac. Um, and I've been playing grid legends on and off for a long time. I just haven't mentioned it because I kind of pick it up every now and then and play a race and then put it down. Um, but just this week I decided to retire it and put it to bed and actually stop playing completely because Ultimately, there's just there's a thing with racing games where when they're trying to be really realistic or pseudo-realistic, like uh, grid games are quite arcadey and are not hyper-realistic at all, but they do a fair good uh, a fairly good job of making you feel like you're you're doing something f- relatively realistic, and the racetracks in that are based on real racetracks. The cars are all based on real cars. Uh, just the handling and all that kind of stuff is a bit, it's very forgiving. So it's fun, but it's not like hyper-realism. Um, but the problem with that was when you're using real racetracks, there's a, a finite number of them. You've run out of racetracks to race on after a certain amount of time. And that's okay, that's fine. But the way they've set up the career progression in Grid Legends is that you start from... You know, like usual, you start from less powerful vehicles and you unlock and work your way up to like more powerful, faster stuff that's, you know, the fancy uh, things that you want to drive. But to do that, you have to basically do a series of races which are um, uh, set. You don't get to make up your own kind of thing. So you have to basically work your way through a menu. So it'll be like, okay, you got to start with this race, which is using this vehicle on this track and off you go. So you race that one and that unlocks the next one, which uses this vehicle on this track and so on and so forth. And there's lots of different vehicles. There's lots of different tracks, but after you've played about, I think I played about 50 hours or something all up. Um, you end up getting to a point where you have to kind of grind to unlock tracks. So you have to repeat races that you've already raced a number of times in order to meet conditions to then upgrade your car, to then take it to the next upgraded, uh, competition which is on the same tracks, <laughs> just with upgraded vehicles. So it kind of gets annoying after a while because you end up playing the same tracks with the same vehicle over and over again until you've unlocked the next one. Um, so the progression yeah, kind of... Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and my thing with racing games, and you know, we can talk about this a bit more in our topic, but I really like progressing in racing games and I like playing racing games, but I don't want to have to grind racing games. Like I'm not the kind of player who wants to play the same track over and over and over just to get the perfect line and the perfect result and all that kind of thing. I basically fire it up, put it on easy and have a good time going fast around tracks. (laughs) Anything else more than that? I'm just like, Oh, now I'm getting bored. So, so that's why I retired grid legends. It's a very, very good game. I don't want to make it sound like it's not because it is. And there's heaps of stuff in there to do. But for a gamer like me who 
is very casual when I approach racing games. There's too much grind and there's too much uh, repetition. So, yeah, I kind of let that one go and retired it because there are other racing games that I want to try out anyway. So, you know, I kind of tend to only have one or two racing games on at the same time because it, you know, feeds my itch for playing a racing game. Um, but yeah, so not a bad game, but not one I was going to finish because it just got a bit grindy. And yeah, other than that, I think I'd like to hear more about definitely a few things that you've been playing recently, Paula. So I hand it over to you. Let's talk about what you've been playing. Yeah, so this was a week of, hey, I kind of have free time to play. So I ended up starting a lot of stuff and finishing nothing. Nice. Um, so my plan initially was to finish Cafe Enchanté. Sorry. And I'm currently on chapter three of Iru's The Fallen Angel route. And so far, so good. It's starting, like, mm-hmm. it, everything just went to shit in my playthrough because the story goes like that. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I have at that point in time where I kind of I need a hug. But um, I'll survive. I'll survive. <laughs> um, so uh, the overall... I'm just going to say, like, the overall kind of, like, uh, nebulous thing that is going on in this route, and holy crap, someone outside was really in a hurry. Um, um, so, in this route, like, you get to hang out with the uh, fallen angel who is really into atomic games, and everything is going right until there is some kind of, like, a uh, mysterious uh, a string of disappearances going on, uh, actually very close to the Chante. Uh, so we're investigating mm-hmm. that. And there's also like the question of, hey, who is this really? Like who, who will release? Because you start noticing like certain patterns that are kind of odd, and I'm gonna leave it at that and mm-hmm. I kind of just went through the big reveal and there's still like half the route like half the chapters for me to go through uh, that are two of the four uh, route chapters uh, by the way the common route was eight chapters which I forgot about <laughs> and that was quite a lot because um, it has like Three chapters that is like, uh, hey, we're th- there's this situation. These are the characters, and then you have five uh, chapters each, like centering around a specific character uh, for you to mm-hmm. know a little bit more of uh, about their background before you decide to go through a route, which enables the newfound family um, trend that I love. <laughs> Uh, so I call me a happy camper. And nice. the other thing is that it allows you to introduce more characters that may or may not be relevant to the uh, second half of the game, which is the route. Which, by the way, I feel like they are relevant enough for them to appear in the common route and not necessarily like 
not all of them have like this big wow moment or like this hey uh, you really need me kind of moment uh, to go through the story but they are like recurrent enough for you to kind of like accept that they're there uh, and it doesn't feel like out mm. of place that you're presenting these characters and then it amounts to nothing um, well those characters definitely didn't amount to nothing uh, but uh, so yeah, um, please uh, pray for my poor heart because I know I'm gonna cry in the latest later chapters of this route. Uh, but that's all on Canfanchante. Uh, nice. <laughs> the games that kept me from uh, finishing Canfanchante this week are four. But first of all, first of them is Elder Ring, mm. uh, which may come as a surprise from me unless you listen to that one uh, week where I played Dark Souls and I haven't touched it ever again, but <laughs> mainly because of my computer. But uh, the thing is, is that since I had like a free week, uh, I was able to stay at home like while my boyfriend like went to work. Yep. So I borrowed his computer and <laughs> ended up playing Elden Ring because I also borrowed that game from his Steam library because we have that um, family sharing thing that you can uh, <laughs> do on Steam, which, by the way, it is amazing. More people should do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it all began because um, my boyfriend's brother was talking about Elden Ring and he was like, hey, I kind of like want to play that, but I would like to try the multiplayer a little bit or like have someone to talk about the game with. Oh, cool. So I'm like, well, what's the problem here? <laughs> here I am. <laughs> so I just dived straight into Elden Ring. We tried some multiplayer, which by the way, um, there's some things that could be improved about that because if... First of all, you need um, an item that is a finger of something, something that I remember the name, I forget the name of. Um, and that allows you to put like a mark on the map and you are able to, like the other player is able to call you into the world. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, they need to see the mark and they have to purchase an ointment that is, the, uh, which cost, which cost is um, 1,000 runes. <laughs> which by the way at the very early point in the game that could have been a level up uh, so we tried playing multiplayer uh, we each got like a couple of ointments so we take turns on summoning each other and the thing is is that if either you or the person you summoned died the multiplayer session ends and regardless <laughs> of what you were doing and what killed you. So even if it was a wolf bed from the that one um that one settlement that we found, well tough luck, you're they kicked you out of the world. <laughs> but um if 
the person who summoned you is still alive, they can still see the markings on the floor and they can summon you again without using another argument. So that was um, very nice. Sounds like a like a Souls game. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a Souls game. The thing is, is that uh, since he was more used to playing uh, this kind of game because he actually made quite a uh, quite a bit of progress on the PlayStation version of Elden Ring, mm-hmm. uh, he was prone to dying less. So we spent more time on his world, even though I was the one that needed more help to get around. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I kind of like use his world to practice a little bit because if you die in, in the other player's world, you don't lose your runes. Yeah, cool. Uh, which is kind of nice, which is very nice. So mm-hmm. I kind of practiced the controls a little bit while he was uh, just running around escaping for whatever mayhem I was causing. <laughs> we tried taking out uh, an armored knight that was very early into the game that one of the first enemy you see is that night. Right. Sorry, probably like the second one because the first one is uh, scripted that bad. Anyway, um, so we died a lot trying to <laughs> fight that night. Um, I tried. I I died a lot. Uh, like recover in that loop of hey, I'm gonna recover my souls. Oh fuck, he saw me. So I'm trying to roll away, and he killed me. So at the time, I like it took me like five times to get far enough so I could grab my souls and not get noticed by, <laughs> sorry, my runes and not get noticed by the night. Yeah. And then uh, I I got that uh, I got torrent. I got the um. I don't know what it is. It, it, it's it's the 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 horse antelope deer thing you can ride on. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna call it a deer because it, that's it's not a deer, but it looks like a deer enough to me. So, um, so I tried getting past uh, uh, like a bunch of enemies to get to the first boss. And then realized I could just ride the deer and get past everyone and run the fuck away from there and get directly to the first boss without any level up. Playing a Souls game. <laughs> yep. So I did that. I took me, I couldn't, you know, like two and a half hours to finally beat that boss because I had to learn the pattern. Uh, I actually used the... Um, the summon that they give you mm-hmm. uh, as, as, as help, which, by the way, you still have to tank a lot of the, the hits or, like, at least try to dodge them because if you, leave, if you let the summon do the hard work, you're going to have ta- a bad time, like, in the second half of the fight. Just <laughs> a bit of... Um, uh, a little piece of advice there, like don't let the summon do all the grand work. Like you still need to get good. Mm. Um, <laughs> so after that, I finally beat the boss, and that's where I am. Like nice. where I am, yeah, I'm at. So beating the my first like real Dark Souls, sorry, sorry Soulsborne boss was 
beautiful because even yeah. though I read one like like the very early boss in Dark Souls one, uh, I had like a magic build, so I just spam whatever um, uh, attack a range attack that I had, mm-hmm. and then beat it like in five seconds. But in this nice. case, it was like grueling, like. It took me like three days to get the button right and finally kill the boss and it was glorious. So <laughs> now I get the feel of these games, like really. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very, very happy that I'll be uh, playing this three edition again. Not now because I'm not uh, I'm, uh, visiting my parents, so I don't have the very powerful computer with me so I can play the game with. <laughs> uh, but still... Elden Ring so far uh, gains every little bit of praise, uh, not only because of how well made the game is in general, but like the level design, like everything seems to be planned to a T. So there's, uh, well, I think the boss is kind of like the exception, but with a particular character, there are like many ways you can get around a certain situation. Um. Oh, by the way, uh, the build I'm going with is, uh, I think it was called a confessioner, confessionist, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a faith and uh, a strength build. So right. that means I can use uh, spells that use faith or require faith. Mm-hmm. And I can hit with a sword, which is nice. Um, and I don't die as easily because it has like, it like I I picked a character intentionally that was like versatile enough that I could do a bunch of stuff, but also yeah. that it wasn't like too squishy because I already knew I was gonna die a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, that's Elden Ring. Um. So yeah. happy I get to experience this, especially since I have someone to talk to about the game. Mm. Yeah, I wanna I wanna play that one. Yeah, you have to play that one. Really? I will one day. I'm waiting for a discount on Elden Ring. So. <laughs> yeah, if, if you get it on Steam, we can just play together even. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that would actually be kind of fun. Totally. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> the other game that I'm playing is Kingdom New Lands. Um, I already played this one once a long time ago. And the thing is that you are a king or a queen and you are supposed to uh, protect the crown that's the whole thing uh, mm-hmm. so what you're protecting the uh, the crown from is a bunch of monsters that spawn on each island that you visit and they try to get their very little slimy hands into the crown um, it is a side scroller game, uh, so you only go left and right, and the enemies come from the left or the right, depending on which island you are. Um, and you are able to get and spend money into um, either getting more money, like, or building your defenses, so, or uh, building the, the chip you're supposed to uh, use to escape the island and jump into the other island. Um, I was just looking as well. This one is the second in the Kingdom series because I've played the first one, yeah, which is now just called Kingdom Classic. 
but I haven't played New Lands. Yeah, like you know, Classic is a lot of fun. New Lands kind of like refines the thing. And mm. then you have two, two crowns that is a multiplayer, and it's also a lot of fun. There's a new one coming out. Uh, hmm? oh, there's one that just came out called Kingdom 80s, which is like a 1980s themed version. There's one more? Yeah, apparently on the 26th of June this year, Kingdom 80s came out. And I'm very excited to play that because it looks mental. <laughs> Kingdom 80s? Like the 80s? As in the 1980s, you're riding bicycles. There's lots of neon. It's at summer camp. What is this? <laughs> but it's very much the same as the other Kingdom games. <laughs> yeah, that actually looks awesome. Uh, a survival mixtape update. Yeah. Uh, I need to play that as, as soon as possible. So. Maybe after playing Kingdom New Lands or like probably after getting paid again because I already wasted too much time on TCG and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, um, I'm currently on the third island. No, sorry, on the fourth island. Mm-hmm. I finished the third island like the other night. And um, so far I managed to um, finish like each island on the first try. Which I remember the first time I played that, it took me quite a while. Yeah. Uh, like especially the third island, I think it took me a couple of tries. But now that I get the the, I have the gist of it. It's a lot easier, especially since you know things like, hey, you um, do you know that if you attack right after a blood moon, the amount of creatures that come to defend the portal are less than usual. Ah, good to know. So, yeah, and things like when to fortify your defenses just before attacking, so uh, you are able to survive better. Um, also, if you need more money, and uh, it's still spring or like summer, uh, you can uh, uh, just cut down some trees and make like a space for the rabbits to just do rabbit things and then you hunt the rabbits and get money. Mm-hmm. And things like that in general. So there are, oh my God, people that not want me to record today, there's a dog <laughs> jumping like the floor. So yeah, um, that's the overall gist of things. So this is a game that I really recommend because it is, in paper, it is very, very simple, mm. but there's still a lot for you to mess up. And um, yeah, that's that's the 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 thing that I like. And mm. also, the pixel art is very pretty. Like it's very simplistic, uh, but it gets the job done really well. And if you have like the high uh, quality graphics, which I don't because I'm not I'm a my laptop. Uh, there's some uh, effects that are very stunning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's like easy to play but hard to master. That's what I feel it is. Yeah, I remember, I remember from the first one, you you really have to think about what you're doing and plan it out. And I remember messing up heaps before I actually got got the idea of what I had to do properly. Um, and it's very satisfying when you do uh, succeed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Also, if anyone is like on the fence on whether or not to get it, I'd recommend going and watch uh, Splatter Cats. Uh, yeah, Splatter Cats playthrough of it. Uh, because he first, first of all, he tries to go blind in the first playthrough, and then like investigates a little bit and tells you, oh, okay, so we, if we do this, then. Um, maybe we will have a better time and stuff like that. I oh. uh, discovered many games through him, so I totally recommend him. I totally recommend everyone watching their, uh, their YouTube channel. Nice. So yeah, that's Kingdom. Uh, probably I'll have it reading like by next week if my ADHD doesn't get the better of me. <laughs> uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other game that I... <laughs> That I actually wrote down uh, before the podcast, and then uh, that kind of like said, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." Is <laughs> yeah, just dance 2023 because I was visiting my friend, and she just got like a Switch OLED. Nice. She used to have like a. She has a Switch Lite, but she was like, hey, I actually kind of like want to play Just Sons, so I'm going to get a Switch OLED and also get a, uh, take advantage of the prettier screen. And Just Sons 2023, so far so good. The only <laughs> thing that it really kind of like tries to get you to buy in the description to get like more songs. Right. Because it wants each time you finish a song, uh, sorry, advanced, really. Yeah. It will show you, yeah, like, four more dances, four more songs, and one of them is always, like, uh, you uh, just dance plus a song. And I'm having trouble concentrating because my cat thinks she's a pirate now and she's on my shoulder, but anyway. She's getting up there. And now that she's, yeah, she's <laughs> having a lot of fun. <laughs> and I can see that. <laughs> anyway, just being a good cat. Uh, so, just <laughs> hmm? being a good She's cat. She's a good cat. Yeah, yeah. getting in all She's the positions you don't cat. want her to. <laughs> yeah, that's what a good cat does. Uh, anyway, so just dance twenty twenty three. Uh, good game. There's a song where you have to follow the dance of a. I think. I don't know if it's a crocodile, alligator, or whatever, <laughs> but it's some kind of crocodile kind of thing. Yeah. And you have to follow the dance of that. And uh, that was the last song we played because it was like, yeah, that was a good dance. I, I didn't <laughs> know I needed a dancing alligator in my life. Uh, anyway, it, and I do recommend playing this one with someone else, like... If you want to get, I don't know, like some exercise and some fun, I drag someone with you into this because playing with someone is really like the superior, the superior experience here. Mm. Um, and you don't get as embarrassed because there's someone uh, being a goofball alongside you. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, the other game that I got on a whim which, by the way, this game uh, has been around ever since the Switch released, and that is Jono and the Celestial Elephants. Um, this is kind of like a, I guess, isometric view adventure game. Um, 
with a lot of puzzles and a little bit of battling. Kind of like Zelda, but very, very turned on down because it is comparatively very easy. But still, uh, you play as Jono, a little baby elephant that falls from the sky in this land where elephants are akin to gods, in a way. Right. So they are like creatures from legends. So everyone in this land who meets you is like, hey, what, what are you? Or, you're an elephant! I never thought I'd live there to see one. Uh, so you're kind of like tasked to go and save the princess of this kingdom because she has disappeared and no one knows where she is. Looks very cute. It is adorable, and the only the reason I got it, it was, first of all, it was four bucks on sale. And the reason I was looking for a cheap game to get is was because I had a lot of gold points that are, like, close to um, going poof, I guess, expiring, that's a word. Expiring, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so I pretty much got it for free because I just... Uh, used all my gold points to get it. Nice. And it's just a cute little game. So far, like, nothing to write home about. Like, it is not bad, but it's, like, not particularly mind-blowing, I guess. If it's on special for about $4, is it worth that? Uh, yeah. Uh, so far, it seems to be worth the, the price of $4. I'm waiting for the game to get more interesting because I'm literally just past the what I feel is more of an introductory part. Okay. Um like the puzzles are quite easy in my opinion. Some of them are like more smarter than others, I guess. The battling like you could probably have a game without any battles and maybe be a better experience. Right. Uh because like they're enemies around, but they just get a couple of headbutts to uh, to to just annihilate them. Mm-hmm. And they aren't like very smart enemies, so uh, only once I got hit by one because I was being careless and trying to like four of them. <laughs> but that's about it. Uh, the thing that is very particular about the game and how the puzzles can be made, so I'm kind of Hopefully, still for more complicated puzzles, is that you have well, you have the headbutt, so you can break uh, boulders or kill enemies with that. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much interact and grab everything with um, and put it like on the head of the elephant, which I haven't <laughs> found and use for that yet because it's just cute. Like you can just walk around with a ticket on your head. Nice, um, but. That's the way you carry, you can only carry like one item at a time. So you have to be smart on what you pick if you, or like in what order you pick that. And um, what's the uh, actual name for the elephant's nose trumpet? Uh, trunk. Trunk, yeah. It was something like trumpet, but uh, you can use the elephant's trunk to either uh blow a stuff mm-hmm. or like there's a very uh, interesting way of using it like to just gather water um throw water at something 
Oh, cool. So there, there, like, there's a point of the protagonist being an elephant. Like, yeah, it's not just a skin. To say it in a way, mm. it, it 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 has a meaning. So that is the one thing that makes me hopeful for uh, to play a little bit more and. For those who haven't, <laughs> so I'm so sorry. Like at some points, I'm just very sad that we don't have like uh, an actual video version of this podcast because the <laughs> uh, cat has has been handful today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only one who's gonna really enjoy that is Josh. Yeah, I'm having a great time. Uh, I'm sorry for the interruptions, but that's right. There'll be I'm some. Ed- there'll be some editing. It'll be. It'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh Yaman the Selection Elephants, uh that this is one I rather I'm happy that I got on sale. I'm happy that I and I'm even happier that I got for pretty much free. Yeah. Uh because in that like if I paid the the full price, um I might have felt like a like I I, maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much because it was like, hey, I paid 20, uh, 20 bucks for this, but it is like very basic. But yeah. uh, since I got it for pretty much free and it was on sale, I feel that so far it is worth it. Mm-hmm. And I looked just now as well, and it's on sale on Steam as well. Um, so they must be having a sale everywhere for it. For very, very cheap. So if you are interested, um, either like a very, very... It is adorable. Like the game is very cute. So if you're like just want to chill and not be challenged and just watch a little baby elephant be the hero of a tale, go for it. If you want <laughs> to be challenged, uh, this is not the game. The game for you. Uh, so yeah. Sounds good. Josh. <laughs> Finally, it's your turn. What have you been playing? Uh well, uh, the the first one. I want to talk about is again another one that I picked up in my uh looking at short little game pass games that I could play and just try out and see what the deal is. Uh this one's called Lapin or I think it would probably be pronounced like Lapin because it's kind of a French uh game. Um but I'm going to call it Lapin because I'm a heathen. And it's <laughs> I wrote a note about what it is and I wrote bunny platformer. So it's basically a platformer where you play as a rabbit. And (laughs) the basic premise is that you and your rabbit, (laughs) you and your rabbit friends have been living in a, uh, in your rabbit hole, Warren, I guess it's called um, underground, but humans have come along and they're about to destroy your home. So you're all kind of packing up and getting everything together to travel across the lands to a new home. And underground, you've, it's it's very much like you're playing as rabbits, but they are very uh, anthropomorphized. Like one of them is an artist who paints paintings, so they've got a bedroom full of paintings, and they've got everyone's got furniture and stuff, and there's a kitchen with utensils and all this kind of stuff all underground. Um, so each one, depending on their personality, is like packing up their most treasured possessions to take with them. And then and that's basically the prologue to the game. And then the game begins proper when you leave your your home and you start traveling uh 
to a, a new location. And I've I'm probably about I think I'm about an hour and a half into it. So the story hasn't progressed much at all. But you're while you're traveling, you're kind of following in the footsteps of what amongst your bunny friends is like a an explorer that you you know of and talk about who left, you know, long before you you journeyed across the land and you're kind of following in their expedition's footsteps. So you're kind of finding out about where they went and the places they visited. And um, you find like things they've left behind along the way. So they built certain statues here and there along the way to kind of say, hey, we were here. And so you find bunny statues with notes on it saying, this is what we did when we were here and we're moving on to this next place and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so it really, the thing I like about it so far is it really feels like you're on an adventure in kind of almost like an eighties adventure movie kind of feel way. Like you've got a real reason to, to go somewhere and it's really fascinating to get there. And that's kind of what's keeping me interested at the moment because it's very much a platformer as well. And, um, it's 2d. So it's 2d platforming. There's basically every screen you get to, there'll be an exit, which is an optional exit. But if you platform your way up there and go to a new screen, you'll have the option of basically completing a platforming section to collect a seed and plant it. And then a flower will grow immediately. And you learn something from that process that you then take back to your other bunny friends. Um, and I'm not quite sure how it affects the story so far, but that's kind of like the collectible of each chapter. Um, there's a number of these seeds around that are optional that you can, they're kind of harder to get than the usual platforming. But, uh, if you get them, obviously you get a, a bit of story bonus and a bit of maybe some mechanical bonus later down, later down the line. Uh, but yeah, not sure yet. I have to say, I'm looking at this game on Steam. Mm-hmm. And it looks adorable. Like, it does look cool. When you say yeah. Of, yeah. When you say like on Dramorphous uh bunnies, I was like, oh no, is this like funny and wanna bunny? <laughs> no, they are look they look like bunnies, but they yeah. they have like humanized anthropomorphous uh, personalities. Yeah, and they they like wear clothes and stuff like one of them might wear a hat or another one wears like a scarf or a jacket or something. So that's kind of the anthropomorphizing of them. It's not like yeah, hor- um, horrific. <laughs> it's not horrific or or furry stuff pretty much, but it looks yeah. so pretty. Like the game in general looks so pretty. It looks like right up my alley. <laughs> Would you recommend this to a fellow like, uh, I'd like to eat your platformers, but I cannot suck at them. Like how hard is the platforming? I suck at platformers and I dislike them. So <laughs> there is an option when you start the game for difficulty and you can either play on normal or easy in the first instance, maybe you get harder later on, but uh, on the easy mode, it says that the platforming is simpler and there's basically more room for error. So I think that means that basically where like part of the platform is you can like jump and grab onto a wall and then, and, and like jump up a wall to kind of, you know, get some height. But 
I don't know, but I imagine in a harder level, you probably can't hang on to it forever. Whereas on the version I'm playing on easy, you can just hang on to it forever until you decide time for me to jump. Um, so you can really take your time and think about what you're doing. And I imagine you perhaps don't have to be as precise uh, for some of the like bigger jumps and that kind of thing where it'll kind of fudge it a bit and let you make it. Because um, that's what it kind of feels like at times where I think, I don't know if I really should have achieved that, but I did. <laughs> so I think maybe it's because I've got it on, on easy. <laughs> uh, it could just be the game though in general. but um, Fail successfully. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with it though because it, you know, I don't obviously I don't mind platforming so much that I'm happy to give it a go but if I have like other things if I have to repeat myself so much to just get through a section I'll give up really quickly and if I can't move on end of game for me um <laughs> like I think so far there's been one of the seeds that I haven't bothered to get because it just got annoying I died like four or five times and had to repeat myself too many times and I was like eh don't need it gonna move on <laughs> and and yeah moved on with the the story sections instead but you're right, it, it looks very nice, which is part of the appeal why I've stuck around with it. Each of the bunnies that you're with does have their own little personality and very distinctly as well, like they've actually been uh, written quite well because there's like the captain bunny who's like in charge of everything and serious and all that kind of stuff. There's like the mechanic bunny who does some welding and stuff along the way and has some goggles and, you know, gets you out of a bind here and there. There's, like I said, there's the artist bunny who's, you know, kind of creative and arty-farty in a way, but very emotional and all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, so you get a good idea about different, um, the different characters that you're with and it makes it, it, it makes it feel good because you really do feel like you're a little bunny kind of out in the big world having an adventure um, with your friends kind of thing. So <laughs> it really succeeds in that way. But I don't even think I'm past the first chapter yet. And I, th I know there's a number of chapters, but I think it's about a five-hour game, perhaps, if I remember correctly. And like I say, I'm a bit over an hour into it. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it go. But I would definitely recommend it if it looks if it looks nice and it looks um, and you like the kind of art style and that kind of cute bunny aesthetic. Um, it is a good very enjoyable kind of game so far and yeah the platforming is there are challenging parts for those who want it but you can kind of skip it if you don't which you know i'm happy about um so yeah i'll see how i go i don't know with all platformers i kind of i enjoy myself until i don't and then i could just drop it really quickly because i've just had enough but i'm sticking with this one for now because i am enjoying myself enough so that's a big compliment in itself anyway. <laughs> I have to say, um, I swear in the next Steam sale, my, my library is going to suffer so much because of all the games you're recommending. <laughs> I, uh, one day we should have a, a discussion about games we love, but no one else does. So you should take every recommendation with a, with a grain of salt, with a bit of... That is true. That is true. I've learned my lesson a couple of times in the past, so. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, what else have you been playing? <laughs> so, yeah, other than short, well, kind of the opposite of short little Game Pass 
cute story slash rabbit experiences. Uh, I got the itch for playing another Souls-like kind of game. Uh, Polo, you mentioned that you were playing Elden Ring, and I was like, oh, I, I wish I had one that I could play. And then I remembered that I never finished Wo Long, Fallen Dynasty, and I never finished Lords of the Fallen. So I kind of picked them up again to to see how I could go and see if I could get a bit further because, um, yeah. I already spoke about Wo Long previously, I think even in our first episode of the season maybe, where I just retired it because I got to the very first boss and just got really, really frustrated <laughs> and annoyed for how uh, just obliterated I got every time I tried to fight the boss. Um, but I picked it up again, persisted a little bit longer, and obviously now I'm beyond there, and I've actually finished... I've fought a few bosses along the way, and I've got you know, I'm a fair, fair bit further into the game. And there's some things in Wolong which obviously I didn't know initially because I didn't get far enough in that are actually quite interesting that, that they do different to other Souls games. So one of the most uh, obvious things that happens is you end up with party members. So you have NPCs who join you and will fight alongside you when you fight enemies. Um, and there's a whole lot that you can meet along the way. And a lot of them end up being actual Chinese warriors from mythology um, or, you know, Chinese history or mythologized warriors who probably existed but maybe didn't do all the amazing things that people think they did. Um, like classic one is Lu Bu, who anyone who's played a Dynasty Warriors game might know Lu Bu because he's always in there as like the big mega warrior dude. Um, and he's very much a, a common part of the whole, you know, Three Kingdoms Dynasty series of mythology. Uh, and I just got to the point where I met him and he's now in my party. So I'm happy. Um, <laughs> but there's also other characters as well who've shown up that I recognize their names, but I'm not familiar enough to know exactly what they do. But um, yeah. So that's kind of a cool difference to Souls games where you can fight a boss or something, but you've always got at least one or two companions with you to kind of break up the fight a little so that you're not always being targeted. And, but at the same time, you also want to be engaging the boss too, because, you know, unsurprisingly, your friends are nowhere near as strong as you are and they can't take as many hits and they will, they will end up getting knocked out and you have to help them up. Um, if you just kind of leave them to their own devices, but there's really good, uh, progression as far as, uh, getting, getting your friends, but then also unlocking spells and, uh, leveling up and that sort of thing. So in, in Wo Long, again, it's a bit different to Dark Souls or Souls games, like strict Souls games, where you don't necessarily have to spec uh, like in dexterity or intelligence or any, any of that kind of stuff to unlock abilities. Like I think in Souls, you, you develop something like Faith or something so you could... Um, even cast spells, let alone cast them well. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in this one, you can just cast spells anyway. Um, that's part of what you can do. 
but you do get to choose what you level up each level and you know you can enhance each one so you could you could best definitely focus on being like a spellcaster by leveling up that area but you'll still be a pretty good swordsman or whatever you are um so it's kind of nice in that way because it kind of lets you do a bit of everything even though you you know you can kind of spec into one or the other it doesn't lock anything out uh disappointingly though the other side to that is one thing i love about uh any souls game is playing fashion souls and getting nice suits of armor and cool looking swords or whatever uh <laughs> to make myself look like a badass not so much in Wailong, because even though you end up looting a lot of stuff from dudes that you kill and everything it, it's all worse than what you're holding already you've really got to wait for oh. a good boss weapon or something before you can get something worth upgrading uh and i found like one set of armor really on that really early on that i liked and i haven't found anything that even comes close to the stats let alone what it looks like um since then so i've been wearing the same armor the whole time and i'm like eh i'd like it if there was a bit more loot and more variety in the loot uh but saying that it's also it's 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 straddling that line of being uh, obviously fantasy because there's magic and mythology and all this kind of stuff, but also being uh, kind of realistic as in it's very Chinese history warrior kind of uh, tale that you're playing through. Um, so yeah, it's very fantastical in many ways. And like, you know, a few of the bosses I've fought have been like massive monsters. So yeah, definitely not realistic. <laughs> but then you've got real characters from history and that sort of thing fighting alongside you. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a bit of a mix between the two. But I'm enjoying it. And the f I've recently got to an area which is kind of as satisfying as it is annoying. Like, you know, those big areas you get to where you feel like you're getting lost while you're exploring it and you're trying to keep in your mind like a map of where you've been. But it's kind of large enough that it's just large enough that it's confusing you but it makes sense enough that you can eventually find your way back to where you want to go. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of good because I like that kind of map design where you feel like there's so much to explore, but you can just hang on to a mental map of where you are enough to at least, you know, not get totally confused and just run around in circles forever. Um, so that's fun. Plus the, the enemy variety is picking up a bit as well at the moment. I'm, I've gotten past the stage where it's all, you know, grunt kind of regular soldiers. And now we're getting into some more uh, more mythological creatures as well as just more like magic casters. Like there's a whole bunch of witches and things that I'm fighting now. And um, yeah, it's getting more interesting and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. However, it is very different to a Souls game. So it's got that kind of framework that is familiar where you know you can you lose all your stuff if you die you have to go collect it again uh, you fight bosses at the end of everything and they're big and tough and hard and you have to do it over and over uh, but other than that it does have enough of its own identity to kind of be interesting which I'm kind of glad I picked it up again because I didn't even reach any of that the first time around so yeah <laughs> uh, unlike Lords of the Fallen, which I have to <laughs> qualify oh, no. 
as <laughs> as being the 2014 version because this year they released a game called Lords of the Fallen, which was by the same people. And I don't know why they didn't just give it a new name because it's not a remake. It's a new game. <laughs> what? But anyway, that aside, <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. But um, <laughs> so yeah, when I'm talking about Lords of the Fallen, I'm talking about the first one that they released in 2014. So the new one might be better or worse, or I don't know, but it's different. Um, and this one's very much a clone of uh, Souls. As in, it's got its own art style, it's got its own kind of um, lore and its own uh, enemy designs and all this kind of stuff, but it's very much a Souls game or trying to be a Souls game, more the point. Um, Just in a more cartoony and kind of over-the-top way, like the armor in Lords of the Fallen is that kind of huge World of Warcraft armor with the massive shoulders and dude who looks like he can barely walk because he's wearing a tank and a sword that's like 10 times as big as you are that you can just swing around and be like, yeah, I'm big and huge. Um, but that's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I'm enjoying it for what it is because it's kind of half scratching that soul's itch. It's not 100% scratching it, but it's getting there because... This one, more than perhaps Wo Long, requires more kind of methodical gameplay, like approaching enemies with a plan, not just running in and fighting, whereas Wo Long tends to be much more fast action-oriented. Once you've got your moves set down and you have you know your spells and that kind of thing, you can just kind of run in and start slashing stuff, whereas Lords of the Fallen, you kind of go, okay, there's an enemy over there that I need to avoid, so I'm going to fight this guy over here and slowly kind of methodically work your way through each level. Um, And one of the cool things, like Souls games, is that the level design is pretty good, as in there's lots of uh, alternate paths to get through, as well as, you know, paths that end up creating a shortcut right back to the beginning that you're like, oh, I didn't know that would come back here, Uh, and that sort of thing, as well as then, you know, taking you to some kind of fun uh, boss arenas with some fun bosses that have some cool movesets that keep you on your toes and, you know, make you think about it a little bit. Uh, like one of the early bosses has a a thing where you fight them in a graveyard and in the graveyard there's like a number of gazebos, like uh, little sections that have roofs and uh, you can kind of get up off the ground because during the fight they flood the entire ground with like this poison gas kind of thing. So you've got to kind of time yourself with that to get to a safe spot while attacking them and then get back to them and attack them again. And it's, it's just an interesting fight um, more than just, you know, big guy with big sword tries to hit you, which is basically the first boss. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's some cool enemy designs in that because they've got some weird stuff about, uh, like weird demon guys who look like trees and weird fungus looking dudes who look like they could be clickers or something out of the last of us. Um, and yeah, just some of the enemy designs are quite interesting and a bit unique, but it's definitely much more cartoony and nowhere near takes itself as seriously as, uh, 
a Souls game. So it doesn't have that kind of deep, dark lore that you get with a Souls game. It's a bit more kind of fast and loose. That the dark lore or that more greedy appearance that I think the Souls games have. Like this was this yeah. one. I'm looking at uh, on Steam. It looks more like I don't know, fiddle, magical. I don't know. It has more light than it should have. <laughs> yeah, and it's much more cartoony and like the yeah. No, it does. It's nowhere near as like oppressive and depressing as Souls games usually are. Um, <laughs> which I kind of like about Souls games. I like. Yeah. Oh. And on the other hand, I'm looking at like footage of the game, and still it has aged good, at least graphically. Yeah, it looks it looks fine. Like it's not the most. It's not gonna you're not gonna look look at it and go, oh my god, that looks amazing. But it looks fine, and it's it feels good to play. It's you know, one thing it does do well is everything feels quite weighty and heavy, mm-hmm. um, which is appropriate because you're a dude with way too much armor on and a massive sword. So at least that's how I'm playing. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's been fun because, uh, again, I kind of gave up on Lords of the Fallen because I think I just, I kind of ran out of steam with it or something. I I, I didn't uh, I didn't get good, so to speak. Um, I just kind of played it until I got frustrated and then stopped and thought, ah, oh, that's enough. I'd rather play something else right now. Um, and then, you know, you obviously then you forget about it for a long time and never really get back to it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I've been playing at the moment. I will end my playing with a quick note saying I'm still playing all the regular games that I have been playing. I just don't have anything to say about them at the moment. Like, still playing Baldur's Gate 3, still playing Starfield, uh, still finishing off Vampire Survivors. Still playing through Divinity Original Sin 2, and I'm still playing Sword and Fairy together forever. I just haven't really, uh, I don't really have anything to say about them that I haven't said already. So, you know, when I do, I'll talk about them again, but I'm still playing them. <laughs> uh, I've actually put in a fair bit of time with Sword and Fairy, and it's it's really good. It's still a lot of fun, but I still don't know what's going on. So <laughs> when I do, I'll get back to you. <laughs> If I do, I will get back to you. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing recently. And I think that covers everything we've all been, we've both been playing. Mm-hmm. But very appropriately with all our Souls-like games and attempting to beat bosses and all that kind of thing. We thought this week we'd talk about the whole idea of getting good and practicing and building up your skills in order to beat that, you know, boss or that part of a game that's been challenging. Uh, and yeah, that, that kind of point in a game, which I'm sure we've all met where we're up against the wall and we're thinking, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> uh, how much time are you going to spend throwing yourself at the wall to try and get better and get good? And uh, yeah, I think we've got some, uh, different ideas and expectations, but I'd like to hear from you, Paula, and what you think about that kind of thing. Well, first of all, as a programmer, I'm quite pretty quite used to um, throwing myself into a wall until something happens, even though sometimes I do nothing different, it just works. <laughs> um, 
uh, that little uh, tangent aside, um, it really depends on what kind of game it is and how invested I am in it and how invested mm. I am, for example, in the multiplayer aspect of the game or in the single player aspect of the game. So, for example, for mm-hmm. Age of Empires 4, holy crap, I just did it. I just wanted to get good because uh, the game itself, it is very fun to me. Uh, I closed it very ho- uh, dear and close to my heart. I hold it very dear and close to my heart, sorry. And <laughs> um, I just liked it and I just wanted to get more competitive and I started watching videos and doing like build orders and optimizing the everything and anything that I could uh, put my little uh, grubby hands on and I did well <laughs> uh, I fell out of it a little bit because of my laptop not having enough space for the later updates of the game especially when they added like the two other races civilizations uh, humans, yep. human groups, whatever. <laughs> um, in that case, I just it made me very sad because it was kind of the the reason that we got Game Pass with my boyfriend. Like we have a family group, I'm just pay one month each, uh, and in that was yep. because the game was expensive at lunch. So we were like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. We're paying a subscription and we're playing anything in, in the subscription that catches our eyes because at some point we're going to stop playing uh, Age of Vampires but there's going to be like so much more to play uh, so yeah uh, other game that I kind of like spend um, absurd amount of time like getting good and learning strategies and uh, and building teams and stuff like that is Pokemon X and Y uh in that time where i was i had all the time in the world just before uh, entering uni and getting that time taken away from me uh i used to play competitive pokemon and went to a couple of tournaments and nice oh my god the amount of time you have to spend to build a team to try to test the team and then <laughs> yeah it it got better with time, and it was a lot better on X and Y than it was on Black and White 2, because I built a team on that, and holy crap, it was a nightmare. But um, <laughs> even though a lot of time uh, I was spending like just to build a team, there was a lot of time that's testing team on Pokemon Showdown and trying to find a winning strategy. And mm-hmm. I don't think I have the patience for that anymore. Like I tried building a team. I did build a team on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, but the meta is changing like so rapidly that I just couldn't keep up. So uh, mm. I kind of like lost my will to keep trying in that game because it was just so... Um, so while the the pace it was uh, and at which it was changing, so that is one sad time for Paula. But when it comes to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, <laughs> uh, holy crap! I perfected my play with Corin, uh, her final Emblem Fates, and uh, part of that it was because I had my boyfriend with me, and he wanted to try getting good too. So I had mm-hmm. like that competitive drive to keep good just to 
did he sass in that, in that game? Um, yeah. And yeah, um, the other thing is like, does the game feel good to play? Does the game feel fun? Is the getting good part yeah. worth it? Like, is that all that time worth it in the end? So if all those uh, questions get answered with a yes, then I want to get good, like in Elden Ring. Uh, what do you think? Well, you said something there where you were talking about um, uh, getting good because your boyfriend was getting good, and that brought out like a bit of a competitive spirit to, you know, compete with him. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that that is an important part of it because I I consider myself a very non-competitive person. <laughs> like I honestly, half the time if I'm playing something, I don't I don't care what the outcome is, um, <laughs> or, or I don't I don't um, if I play board games with people or something, I genuinely don't care if I win or not. I'm just having fun, um, <laughs> and I get that. I'm not I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being competitive either. Like that's fine, but I know myself that I'm just I'm more on the side of the spectrum of not being competitive, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of what kind of puts me off putting in the effort that you need to get really good at certain things. Uh, fighting games being a good example that I can think of where I probably have, I'm happy to spend lots of time in fighting games, uh, learning my, the character I like and different moves and combos and things that work and things that don't, all that kind of thing. But only kind of up to a point <laughs> when it mm-hmm. starts getting a little bit too... Uh, or feels like too much homework, I suppose, I kind of stop. <laughs> um, but having said that, though, the um, I think having a friend to do something with or playing with a friend is a very good motivator because for a long time, I can't remember which one it was, but I think it was, I want to say Tekken 3 or 2. I can't, uh, yeah, I can't remember which one it was, but a friend and I used to play that all the time at his house we'd just hang out and play Tekken all night pretty much um <laughs> and I really liked there was a character in it I think called Zhao Yu who was like the schoolgirl character but I really liked her moveset she had some really cool um kind of almost uh Chun-Li like moves that she did um and I got really good at playing her because I just played her over and over and over and my friend and I would basically choose the same character every night and just play for hours, just having fun and talking <laughs> shit and, you know, doing what you do when you hang out with your friends. And um, we'd change up characters every now and then, but we'd always go back to the ones we liked and the movesets that we had f- fun with or, you know, felt that we could understand and do something with. So in a sense, that kind of motivated me to get pretty good at that character. But at the same time, I think if I... If I played with anyone who actually knew what they were doing, I'd probably get my ass kicked anyway because <laughs> we were very casually kind of just playing Tekken. So we probably we probably knew a lot more just from having played a lot of it than perhaps uh, a real casual player. But we definitely weren't hardcore enough to be competitive, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I think, yeah, playing with friends kind of will always be a good reason to do anything, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely. Could, I could do the, I think I've said it before, like I could do the most boring thing in the world, but if I'm doing it with friends, I'm probably going to have a good time. So 
I could do it over and over and over, you know? <laughs> um, but then on my own, like, uh, to use another easy example for me, like racing games are a classic example of games I enjoy, but I don't ever try and get good at. Um, I obviously try and, you know, try and go around the track as fast as I can, but I never repeat myself and I kind of get annoyed when I have to, like I was talking about earlier with Grid Legends that kind of made me grind the same tracks and the same cars. I'm like, Ugh, I'm going to retire this now. <laughs> Even though doing that would effectively make me better and I could get better lap times and better, you know, personal bests and all that kind of stuff. The payoff isn't really enough to motivate me to do that, I suppose. Because uh, uh-huh. I just don't want to spend that much time doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's perhaps like uh, you mentioned as well, something about like depending on how the game feels and the kind of the progression curve that you, you come up against where I think something like souls games where, you know, getting good kind of comes from. I really enjoy that progression and it's the kind of that experience, which I'm sure everyone who's played a souls game understands of fighting a boss probably doing quite well on the first time like everyone does but then getting your ass kicked for the for the next 10 times um (laughs) but then eventually kind of learning it enough and figuring out you know how to avoid attacks and when's the best time to attack or when's the best time to actually stop and heal yourself instead of attacking and not getting greedy and you know that whole process and development of getting good and eventually being able to beat a a difficult boss i think there's plenty of payoff along the way and there's real there's a real connection between the conscious decisions that you make and the results of those decisions so one of the classic things that i hear a lot uh, when i watch videos of people fighting bosses or doing playthroughs of souls games is they say you know don't don't anticipate but react so don't like roll early because you think they're going to do something wait until you see them do something and then roll away from it kind of thing (laughs) Um, and it's one of those little things that kind of makes you feel like you're a better gamer when you actually pull it off because you go oh yeah i just totally interpreted that and knew what to do and i'm i'm alive still and (laughs) (laughs) you know that kind of feeling it kind of makes you go yeah i can do this i'm going to get better and i'm going to be super i'm going to come in here and just knock them out with one hit kind of thing um whether that happens or not but i think that's why that kind of repetitive grind against bosses can be more satisfying because in those little incremental ways you can you can really see where you are getting better kind of yeah. immediately and yeah it you can definitely you can also see where you messed up as well like if you do put yourself in a bad position and you get the full force of an attack that just kills you you can go, okay, I know what that looks like. Next time, I'm going to make sure I avoid it. <laughs> Rather than just going, huh, I don't know what happened. Oh, well, better try again. And that kind of randomness, I think, yeah. Another thing that I feel helps is that you see the hellfire of the boss. Yes. So you have a clear indicator of how close you were to beating him. In the same uh, way, in Cuphead, you see an indicator of how far along you were in a level. Yeah. Oh, which I feel like the Mega Ten games, Chimera and Say, don't do that well. 
because the at least in Chimera Z4, uh, I don't remember if it was the same for a Strange Journey or uh, or over, or like Devil Survivor, but in Chimera Z4 you don't have <laughs> a health bar for the boss. So unless you are like in that threshold where uh, the sprite starts like chattering a little bit because the health is lower and it has starts like doing this glowing thing, you don't know yeah. uh, how uh, close you were to uh, finish finishing of the boss. So yeah, good luck yeah. with that. <laughs> so that's <laughs> one thing that I really appreciate from the Soulsborne games, having a sense yeah. of how far I come. Yeah, and I feel that's kind of it all comes into kind of the amount of feedback you get from what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like everything the game tells you about what you're doing and how successful you are at doing it. Um whether it's yeah, seeing a bar go down or a timer run out or something like that or or you know, pulling off a move and seeing it connect and being like, "Oh, cool, that worked." Um <laughs> but having those kind of clear indications of yeah, you figured this out you you did get good at that um i think that helps definitely um because yeah there's some games which i've played where you have no idea how far you are along the journey and you just think uh <laughs> i don't and know if i can handle this much longer <laughs> yeah yeah but even if you see that it's going to be a while at least then you can go okay because i mean i don't I don't spend a lot of time playing in single sessions just in real life anyway. Like if I play for two hours, that's kind of a long time for me. I tend to play in like about an hour, hour and a half kind of blocks just because that's what works for me. Um, (laughs) So if I'm progressing along something and I've been playing it for like an hour and a half and I'm like, ah, time to stop playing. I need to do something else. But I feel like maybe I'm close to something. But then I keep playing. And I'm like, I really don't feel like I am. Then <laughs> I'm probably going to put it. Probably going to put it down. But I feel way more satisfied if I can see that. Okay, yeah, okay. I can see I'm not even halfway through. So I'll just stop here and pick it up tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Um, or I can see I'm close to the end. So okay, I'll push on and get it done. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that definitely helps. I think having that kind of feedback. But I think multiplayer is kind of its own beast as well because you're playing against other people who perhaps are more dedicated than you are. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> or like, you have a lot more time than I have to. Well, exactly. Um, well, like like playing GTA Online, like especially these days, most of the people who are on there are playing 24-7 kind of thing, like it's their game and that's what they play. Yeah. So when I rock up as some noob with a low level, they're just like, ah, we'll just shoot this guy and take his crap. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that, and um, it's why I can't never get into deck builders very much because I don't feel like I'm invested enough to really learn how decks work together and how synergies work and all that kind of thing. Even though when I have done it, it's very satisfying and I think they're good fun. I just don't think I'm dedicated enough to really get into that kind of, you know, their whole meta strategy of stuff to, to actually be competitive. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Have you got any other thoughts on that? 
I don't think I have other than uh, get good scrap. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I've said everything I had to say. So if you don't have mm. anything more to add, my final thought would also be that the older I get, the more casual I get as a gamer. True, um. <laughs> that's a thing. Like the less time you have, the more casual you get too. Yeah, it's just a natural thing where you prioritize things differently or you want different things out of gaming and that sort of stuff. Where when I sit down to play a game, I just want to have fun for however long. I don't want to feel like I'm putting in work because I can do that every other hour of the day. True. <laughs> and actually, actually get real world results for that. <laughs> and get paid for that. <laughs> yeah. So, or like, you know, it's funny as well because just as another tangent, um, we talked about Power Wash Simulator a couple of weeks ago where I was playing that. And a lot of people might hear that and think, well, that is work, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that, no, it's not, because it's, it's actually a very relaxing kind of zen, chill out kind of way to play a game and experience to have. Because this week I actually did go and wash my car with a power washer and it was a pain in the ass, and it took me three hours or so to. But I've got a very clean car now, and I'd much rather just sit on my ass and play a nice chill game while listening to a podcast. Amen to <laughs> so that. There is a difference. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> With those uh, very wise words from Avatar, we go. To the next section of this podcast, which is guess the game. So, what do you have to, uh, for me here this week? <sighs> Hopefully, something that's a little bit more difficult than the last time you're on the spot. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I have selected a game previously, and I will now choose a comment that is helpful but not too helpful. Yes, so this is for a main story completion. Mm -hmm. So this is for a 20-hour playthrough. Okay. And the average for main story is, let me just find it, is 21 and a half. So this is about an average length playthrough. And their comment is, rolled credits, explored each world, but did none of the hub world optional content. Uh, is it Mary Rabbit's Kingdom Battle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the time was the, the thing that gave it <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I gotta, I, get, I, gotta get, I gotta get tougher on these. Oh, well, I was trying to be not get something that was so obscure. I should have given you this one that just says still working on side missions. Yeah, that, that should have done it. <laughs> Could because literally I be any game. I don't play many games that have a half word, so... Uh, the time just narrowed it down like See, I just thought... Don't, like, a lot of Nintendo games have hub worlds and that sort of thing? Like I mean, RPG yeah, style. but the only ones that I've finished is probably that one and... Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. 
so it was a coin toss okay, between yeah. those two. Uh, because I played. I mean, you got it right either way, so <laughs> you know, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, big three, another three points for you there, Paula. <laughs> Next time it's going to be something really, really obscure. <laughs> You're going to have to pick like a rusty game like because all of them are like very similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to finish some more games. Go go play a whole bunch of really random games and put them on your completed list. Well, um, I... And then I'll pick some squirt. <laughs> <laughs> No, well done. I mean, yeah, well remembered. Very, very well deduced. I'm just speechless at how amazing that is. <laughs> <laughs> I just have good memory on the times. <laughs> hey, better than mine, so rock on. Uh, <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> Fair and square, you got it. Big eight points for Paula and three for me so far. Got lots of catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> But I think uh, that'll do us, won't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, yes. So, bye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Bye. I didn't know I needed a, that's an alligator in my life. <laughs>